This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to Friday's Blood Red podcast on the Liverpool Echo channel. It's myself, Sean Bradbury, hosting today. There are 12 days, to, 12 days to go till Christmas, but we've had two big presents today already, well, this week already so far. We've had... Seamless. Seamless. I love yeah, it, I love it. I yes. <laughs> we've had Jürgen Klopp's contract, of course, five more years with the big man. We've had Minamino, the announcement that he's expected to become a Red on the 1st of January. And I've got three gifts for you here, from left to right. I've three got wise men. Three wise men. Well, I was going to say that, but then I had a little thing. We've got Joe Rimmer. Joe, how are you getting What on? do I have? Frankincense, Mayor, Gold? You, well, you get to choose first. Frankincense. I always, okay. I, I never, I never know what frankincense is. Well, well, if you've got it, you can tell us. You went to Blue Coat. You, you should know. Ah, no, you no, know no. these things. No, no. I had, yeah. I had little gold bands, but we didn't have any frankincense. No. Or mayor, for that matter. Is it something smelly? It smells nice. I think you, you do know what it is all along. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've got Joe <laughs> with that. <laughs> uh, we also have the big man, Paul Gorst. Gorsty, what, what have you got for us? Uh, I'll take the mayor, because I have a few of them, to be honest. Yeah. What is what's mayor? <laughs> very good, very good. <laughs> <laughs> a play on words, so we must leave it at that. And we also have Matt Addison, who's bringing us gold. Matt, how are you getting on? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll take gold all day long, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Well, we'll start with the biggest news today. We thought Minamino was going to be the one and the main talking point today, but Jürgen's trumped that a little bit, hasn't he? Uh, Gorsley, we'll start with you. You Five more years of Jürgen. I have to say, I was a bit surprised by this. I didn't think, after his, his seven-year cycle and like the intensity, the relentlessness of, of what's been happening at Liverpool... I was a little bit surprised that we were, we were going to get this announcement. First of all, get it now, but possibly even at all. Um, was this a surprise for you? Did you see it coming? Um, it was a surprise. I I, um, I was of the impression that Klopp had basically just run his contract down to 2022 and then looked to take a sabbatical and maybe pitch up at Germany or, or something like that. Um, Liverpool played this very close to the chest. Um, not Virtually no one knew anything of it until it was getting announced. Um, but it's it's fantastic news. I think it's been a great week for Liverpool, hasn't it? Qualification to the last sixteen of the Champions League, and then the Minamino announcements, and now this is just the um, just the icing on top of the cake. So it's been a great week. Um, delighted that Jurgen Klopp's going to be staying in Anfield for a couple more years to take his tally up to nine years, and I think now it kind of offers him the chance to build a little bit of a dynasty. Um, mm. Not too many Liverpool managers have, have had the chance to do that over the years. You think of Paisley, obviously Shankly. Um, maybe Kenny Daglish, Joe Fagan to an extent, but a lot of managers haven't really stuck around long enough to, to do that. Um, some managers have obviously enjoyed success, Gerard Duglier and Rafa Benitez in recent years, but um, I think when Jürgen Klopp leaves Anfield now at, at the end of his new contract 2024, you might be looking back and thinking of him as one of the all-time greats because the trajectory that they're on at the moment shows no sign of, of slowing down, really. Mm. Joe, the owners made it clear, I think it was ahead of the Champions League final, wasn't it, that obviously they wanted Jürgen to stick around. Um, did you see this coming, though? Did you think it would happen so quickly? I've got to be honest, I was gobsmacked. Yeah. Um, I was on desk here and you sort of yeah, find out about it. And yeah, we're just totally taken aback. I, I, I genuinely thought that the Klopp was just was a seven year sort of that that yeah. was his cycle mm. that he, he's not a guy who likes to outstay his welcome he, he likes to to work to a certain rhythm and then move on pitch up somewhere and, and be fresh somewhere somewhere new and I'm absolutely delighted that he, he's decided to stay I think it, it's so significant for Liverpool and it's a, it's a huge almost relief and, and weight off off your shoulders that you think well actually this guy's going to stick around a bit longer than we all thought and, and see this project into even second cycle really because mm. I think now he'll, he'll probably have to look to build a, a whole new Liverpool team before he leaves and 
It's going to be fascinating, yeah. I think it's massive for Liverpool. I think it's a, a huge boost. It's been one hell of a week. Um, the club are, are very good and the owners deserve all the credit in the world for just being... They're so tight on these things. They're so good, aren't they? I mean, yeah. I, I, you, you can't fail but to be impressed by how well they get these things done without any whispers, without any messing around. Um, you know, if you think about it, they flew in on Wednesday. Obviously, I'm, I'm pretty sure they went... This, this was just to put the finishing touches, but they did that behind closed doors. They got it done. And there's Jürgen smiling with his contract today. And Brilliant news. It's it's a massive boost. And, and I think every other club in the Premier League uh, and every one of Liverpool's rivals will think, bloody hell, um, just just when you think they can't get much better, they go and do it. Mm. Maths, our, our third wise man down the end there. What, what's your take? Because, you know, Klopp seems to indicate in, when he's been talking about today and in his press conference that it was it was quite an easy decision all told. And I think Joe's right. It's It's been, a lid has been kept on it. Uh, no one's really been talking about it until today when everyone was talking about it. What does it say about, you know, the wider club and the FSG and everything that's in place? Because, you know, I think the, in, in FSG's statement, they said there could be no one better out there in the world uh, than Klopp for Liverpool at the moment. And they're absolutely right and, and they've got him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it that there's no better manager in world football for me at the moment. I think Pep Guardiola's fantastic, but I think Jurgen Klopp is, is better if you look at what he's done at Liverpool, the way that Liverpool have come on over the last few seasons and sort of all the building blocks are there now and, and he's, he's obviously one of those We've talked extensively about the new stand at Anfield, about you know the new training facility that's coming next year. Everything just seems to be in place to to sort of keep going. Really, what he's already put in place, and for him to to say today it was an easy decision. I mean, okay, okay, maybe it was, but mm. it certainly came as a shock to me, and I'm delighted, obviously, that that he's going to stick around and sort of what he's done so far. I think. He's he's already a Liverpool legend for for the Champions League and what he's done to date. But just imagine by 2024, what can he achieve in that period? Mm. Who knows? Gorsley, would you say, does this extinguish all talk of, you know, the German national team job, Bayern, even Barca, there's been tentative links with, with the boss going there. Do you think he is, this is it now, he's, he's going to be here for the duration? Maybe. He, uh, he actually said in, in our breakout uh, part of the press conference today that if he finishes his career and he's only had three clubs, then he'll consider himself to have had a wonderful career. So maybe... He is looking at it that Anfield might be his last destination. Um, he's still only 52, to be fair. We know a lot of managers work up until, you know, you look at someone like Roy Hodgson, he's in the 70s. Carlo Ancelotti is probably approaching around about that age. So it's not unknown for a manager to work past the normal age of retirement. But I just think the amount of energy and, and passion that Klopp puts into everything he does, sooner or later it might take it out of him somewhere down the line. So maybe Anfield could be his last stop. Um, but you know, if if he if he runs to the end of his contract now, will be what fifty, fifty six. Mm. Um, maybe there, there could be another extension on top of that. But for now, I think the Bill fans have just got to enjoy the here and now, and and really enjoy these extra two years that he's added onto his contract because um, it's an absolute pleasure to watch his team week in week out, and um, he's a fantastic manager, as Matt says. If not, you know, the, the best in the world, and certainly one of them. Mm. Joe, if if you were a manager of any other Premier League club, would you be would you be shuddering at the thought of if Jurgen sticking around, especially when so many of the other top teams are in transition? You know, Guardiola must have been thinking, oh well, is there a point at which Klopp's going to go? And I suppose Klopp's thinking the same himself. But I think, as, as Gorsi alluded to before, it does seem like Klopp's got the chance to kind of build a bit of a dynasty now. Well, yeah, it was it was the one question, wasn't <clears> it, that we we kept asking him the last few months after they won the Champions League. It was like, well, okay. He's got two years left in his deal. Who who succeeds him? Would it be Gerard? Would it be Linders? And and I think 
it was the one thing that probably fans of other clubs and, and, and rivals would think, okay, well, it all's going well now, but it could all collapse and fall apart when, when Klopp leaves. But for him to add a couple of more years onto it, uh, yeah, I think rival managers will think, God, we've got to now take this Liverpool team on for the for the foreseeable future. And and especially, you add, look, Pep Guardiola, uh, there was reports this week that there's a break clause in his contract at, mm. at Man City at the end of this season. And I don't think any of us here would, would bet against him taking it. I mean, I mean, I think he looks like a man who is coming to the end of a cycle, whereas Klopp looks, he looks fresh. He looks like he's at the start of something. It looks like there's only one direction Liverpool are going. Whereas City do feel like they're coming to the end. So I think it's massive. I think when you when you look at the other clubs, Man United probably wish they had a better manager. I'm sure they do. Arsenal are looking for a new one. Everton are looking for a new one. Um, Tottenham have only just got a new one who doesn't tend to stick around. <laughs> would you would you bet on Mourinho still being there when Klopp, Klopp's there in no 2024? I, I don't think I would. I mean, Chelsea, brand new young manager. I'm, I'm sure the future is bright for Frank Lampard, but he's still very, very young at the moment. So, I mean, Liverpool are miles ahead of all of them in, in terms of City, the only ones that can say, yeah, we, we've got someone of the same calibre and they don't know if he's going to be around. So, I, I mean, every other club must be so jealous of what's going on. Mm. You, you, it's, it's natural, isn't it? You would be. Mm. Matt, and lastly on Klopp before we move on then, what do you think of the timing of this? Because obviously we're getting to that point near the end of the decade and we've done a lot of kind of analysis ourselves of the Echo over the last few weeks of end of decade content looking back at the last 10 years and, and I guess looking ahead to the you know what, what may come in 2020 onwards and um, the question of Klopp and who could follow him and his legacy is, is, is one thing that we've kind of looked into but certainly until 2024 until almost halfway through the decade FSG have emphatically answered that one now and, and, and pinned him down so do you think the timing helps as well and will put some minds at ease? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I just think that the whole timing and the whole stability thing, I know Klopp mentioned it in his press conference earlier about how, you know, if if he's talking to potential signings and, and talking about certain players coming into the club, then they need to know that, that he's going to be there. And he's a massive part of, of the reason why I'm sure a lot of the players that he has signed have chosen to come to Liverpool rather than, than somewhere else where maybe they would earn more money or maybe early on in his in his Liverpool career, they might have won more trophies even. But you know, he's always talked about getting on the train and, and pushing it and, mm. and getting on and, and getting on board with what he wants people to do. So I just think for, for him to have put down this this marker, if you like, and, and said, I'm going to be here for a long time. We've got a group of players who are also going to be here for a long time as well. Then it just sort of, it, it's such a strong position from which to build from. And I just think that can only only be a good thing. Mm. Right then, uh, Ghosty, the, the second big talking point, the second the second gift of this week is Mr Minamino. Um, I almost feel like he's had his thunderstorm a little bit yesterday, <laughs> uh, even though we can't really talk about him uh, you know, properly until the 1st of Jan. But uh, Klopp has asked him about, it, about him in his presser today and he kind of said, I oh, don't want to speak about him, but I will say he's a very good player. Um, tell us about it then, what's what's the score? We're, we're hoping he'll be, he'll be unveiled as a red very early next year. It was funny actually, because there, there was a Japanese journalist in, in the press conference who was sitting next to me and as I sat down, he, he kind of collared me for a couple of minutes chat for, I, I didn't quite catch who he worked for, but he, he, he said to me, I'm, I'm pretty sure you know why I'm here. And then when, when he spoke to Jürgen Klopp, that was the first thing he said to him. And then Klopp kind of gave the game away a little bit when he said, uh, maybe I'll be seeing you a little bit more then. You know, as in, I'm not prepared to talk about any interest in Takumi Minamino yet. But the fact that he said that was quite telling, I thought. Um, Klopp was... Played a bit of a straight back with it. Other than that little comment, um, he was adamant that 
there's not much to say, but he did concede that he was a good player, as are several of Salzburg's other players. But yeah, it's, uh, it looks like it's it's gonna gonna be a done deal for January, seven point two five million. Um, the pool we we learned yesterday privately feel that he's worth a treble, mm-hmm. and I, I'd go as far to argue he's worth more than that because you see some of the prices now in the Premier League. You know, your you standard decent player is forty million pound. So I think Liverpool have got themselves a steal here. It's going to be someone who can play a number of positions across the front line, maybe as a number 10. Very hard work and presses from the front, very energetic. Seems technically gifted. We've seen that Danny Anfield road end, didn't we, with his volley for the goal. Mm. Um, looks like going to be a, a very good player for Liverpool. Um, someone who's going to bolster the squad with some real quality and I think he might have a big role to play between January and May. Mm-hmm. Joe, just talk us through yesterday because you were in the office with Kiva and others when when all this came out and did we did loads of stories on it yesterday, loads of good detail that came out. What what yeah. was it like when all that was was, was happening yesterday? Because that's I, I swung in on the late shift, so yeah, you did all, um, all, all, all very good. <laughs> yeah, again, it was a it was a bit of a shocker. I mean, we, we've not dealt with a transfer for a little while for mm-hmm. Liverpool now, have we? I mean, so it was exciting. Um, I think with, with Minamino, the thing that, that struck me was. I don't know, you guys, you might, you might have somebody else, but there's there's not many players, I think, that quite often when you watch Liverpool, you watch Liverpool, you don't watch the opposition as much. And, mm. yeah. and and every now and again, you'll watch a game and think, he's good, I'd love them. I'd love to see him sign for Liverpool. One that I always remember from years and years ago was watching Damien Duff at Anfield. Yeah. Uh, I think Liverpool won 4-3 or something like that, or maybe Blackburn won, shaded the game. But I remember him giving Liverpool such a hard time. And at the time, when I was young, thinking... Oh, they signed him, they'd win the title and they just needed a winger and he was so good. And, and Minamino was the same, really. He came in and so totally took me by surprise. I hadn't really heard of him. He was brilliant at Anfield. I thought the other night, the little move that they they played, mm. you know, the little one-two, some of his passing looked great. And it was like, this lad's good. I never heard him sign him up. And they did. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, it's not a done deal yet. It's, it's, I think it's there or thereabouts, but... Yeah, it was it was fascinating yesterday. Kiva um, was across everything. She was brilliant. Um, some really fascinating detail about how the players had essentially got back into the dressing room afterwards and were joking with Klopp at Melwood saying, get him signed up. Mm-hmm. And little did they know that Michael Edwards and Klopp had been working on a deal for a few <laughs> months. I think they'd, they'd been sort of getting the ball in motion since November, um, had tracked his career. I think he, Liverpool had been aware of him back from when he was playing uh, for Osaka, I think, in his homeland. Um, I think he, he was partnered up with uh, Diego Forlan yeah. uh, when, he, when he was in his earlier in his career. So he's someone that Liverpool have been watching for a long, long time. And, and uh, sorry, quite, I, I, I'm distracted because your phone, but mine's off. Could be a little sign, isn't Yeah. It's not. It's, no. it's, it's, it's my mother. <laughs> Unless, well, maybe it's another side. <laughs> they bring her in. But yeah, um, it, it was just a fascinating day. And, and also, the, what was great was the reaction uh, we did... Um, I read with the Japanese supporters club and they were really excited and there were lots of people reading that and it was great. I mean, it, it really was. It, it feels like for 7 million, such a bargain, such a special signing. And yeah, I mean, until we see him in action, we won't know just how good he is, but mm. it's an exciting one, yeah. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Matt, get, get your take. And obviously, as Joe said, the, the, the detail coming out of the club is that they've been tracking it for a long time and, you know, the, the, the club's reaction when the players were asking about it. But but we've had a good look at him in, the, in these two games. And although Salzburg didn't win either, the Reds got six points from them. 
he shone in both. What, what did you make of him when you were watching him? Yeah, I mean, he, he was one of a, a few good players, to be fair, that, yeah. that Red Bull Salzburg have got. I think Haaland is a, an excellent player as well. But he, he was certainly one that you sort of looked at and not just that you thought he was a good player, but you mm. thought, I can see him in this Liverpool team. I think he's sort of... He's very versatile. I think that will help. I don't think Liverpool have, have quite got that sort of player that could fit into the style straight away, apart from those those usual front three. I mean, obviously, Divock Origi's done fantastically well and, and still is a, a really good player, but he's not he's not quite perfectly suited, you would say, to, to that Liverpool team. The same with Shaqiri as well. I think he's he sort of comes in and Liverpool have to change a little bit to, to sort of fit yeah. him into the team. Whereas I think with Minamino, he can just sort of slot into a couple of different positions really without Liverpool having to change their style or without having to, to play in a different way. So, yeah, just I think he's a, a perfect uh, player to come into a Jurgen Klopp squad and looking at his uh, his injury record as well, he, he seems to fit perfectly well there. And marketability as well is, is obviously not something that, that fans necessarily want to talk about, but it is something that, that Liverpool will have, have thought about. And with that Nike kit deal and with the Asian market becoming more and more important for them, it's just another tick in, in so many boxes for him. Mm. Hey, look, for seven million, I mean, they sold Kevin Stewart a few seasons ago yeah, for seven million. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's an unbelievable amount of money. Uh, Liverpool essentially stole a march on Man United because Michael Edwards and his team have a good relationship with their counterparts mm. at, at RB Salzburg and, and we're aware of this clause. So, I mean, that, that sort of money, it, it, it is it is wonderful considering, you know, that like Gorsi was saying, that the money that goes around and uh, one of the guys has had a look at stats. I mean, again, they don't tell the whole story, but I think if you look at the, the bare stats between him and, say, someone like Jaden Sancho, yeah. it's very, very similar. Mm. And for the, the price Liverpool are getting for this for this guy, I mean, per, perhaps he could he could be a very good alternative to Sancho. Mm. It's it's very interesting and it's going to be fascinating to see how good he, he actually is in a Liverpool shirt. Mm. I, I think a lot of credit has to go to the scouting department as well because it's more than just looking at a player and looking at his, mm. his raw numbers. I think this goes into how they've been able to manage mm. the fact that there's a release clause of, of you know such a, a small number and, and none of the other big clubs who were after him were aware of it at all. I mean, that that's good scouting, isn't it? And it also means that they haven't just decided to buy him because he had a decent game at Anfield you know, two months ago. Yeah. They've, they've basically been keeping an eye on him for quite some time at Salzburg. Um, they know that Salzburg creates players who are ready to take that ne- next step to a big club in Europe. Um, so I think um, once they've been made aware of this release clause and the fact that they've scouted them extensively enough, they've been able to just move and, and basically being quite ruthless in the transfer market. So I think a lot of credit does have to go to to obviously Michael Edwards and, and the scouting team, which is Barry Hunter and um, the other fella. Can't, <laughs> can't remember his name though. Barry Hunter what's and what's his name? Yeah, the, the other guy from Man City, Mr. Fallows. Is Mr. Fallows, yeah, Dave Fallows, yeah, yeah. Head yeah. of recruitment and the chief scout. It's good. They've cut out the middleman as well, now, haven't they? Usually players go from Salzburg to another club, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Liverpool, yeah. and Liverpool are going. You know what? They're that good. We'll just get them straight away. <laughs> just nip in. Um, You've talked a little bit about him already, Matt, but what, what would your instincts be? Do you think it would mean anything for like other members of the squad, the fact that he's coming in? I guess he's so versatile that you couldn't say, well, he's coming in to replace, you know, you couldn't pick a name out and say he's coming in to replace him in the squad. So do you think it's not going to have a knock-on effect in that way? Not necessarily. I mean, he's going to have to, to sort of fit in at some point. I mean, if you think back to the start of the season, there was a couple of sort of names that you would expect to have made the bench on a couple of occasions who mm. didn't. I think maybe there was... Uh, 
might have been Adam Lallana who, who missed out a couple of times and you do think when everyone's fit then potentially the, there might be a, a bit of an issue there but you know how often is that the case I mean apart from at the start of the season you don't really get periods of a, of a campaign where everybody is fit so bringing him in and and being able to to use him you know as I said before he's he's a slightly different player to what Liverpool have got my sort of my initial reaction when it happened was was not really about the players who are there now it was more what's Harry Wilson going to do next season mm. is that the end of him maybe it's maybe that's the knock-on effect rather than say a Shaqiri or, or an Origi mm, perhaps um, last one on this then Gorsi I've got to ask now, now, now we're on transfers do you think there will be any more January business in, in one of the FSG statements today I think this was actually in reference to Klopp but they mentioned the idea of strengthening from a position of strength and obviously here's, here's one deal we expect to be sealed uh, right at the start of the window do you think it could herald any more? I wouldn't have thought so. I, th- I think this has very much been an opportunistic transfer yeah. from the pool. I mean, they've obviously kept tabs on him, but once they've been made aware of this 7.25 million release clause, that's when they've acted. I don't really think they've got the, the money um, or the the need to, to recruit heavily in January. Everything seems to be going swimmingly. They just need possibly one or two tweaks here and there. They could certainly do with another left fullback and another right fullback, but I think I, I don't think either of those will be coming in in January. It is just a case of operating when a chance presents itself, which it has done with Minamino. Um, mm. I don't see any more, you know, big money additions in, in January. Mm. But it's it's not needed at the moment, is it? Let's face it. No, no, absolutely not. Um, right then, Joe, well, we'll move on to tomorrow. Um, the Watford game, top place bottom, and there couldn't be much more of a gulf between the two teams. But um, Klopp was asked today about, obviously, the, the game tomorrow that's, that's facing this side. Uh, and I think he said all analysis has got to go in the bin because obviously they sacked Sanchez Flores and, and Pearson's come in. Um, so what do you think? Is it taking on a slightly different challenge in that in that context? Yeah, I think so. I think if you'd have asked me a couple of weeks ago, I'd, I'd have said they're flattened. Watford wouldn't it wouldn't be much of a contest. I still look. I still think Liverpool will win. I still think they'll probably win hand, handsomely. But I think Watford now under Pearson might be a little bit of a different prospect. Mm. The the only thing I, I do wonder is whether for a manager like Pearson, do they have the players that can operate with his in his system? I'm not one hundred percent sure because I think Watford's have such a strange turnover of players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that you know that. That can't be the case. So it's interesting. I think their back line is, I was, I was looking at it the other day, I think they, they, in that back line is a couple of free transfers. I think that one of their players was 2.5 million. Cathcart's been there for years. You wouldn't expect them to have the pace or the nails to be able to deal with Liverpool's front three. So I think look, if Liverpool just play their regular game, they'll get past Watford for these. I think Klopp will make a few more changes tomorrow with the Club World mm. Cup coming up. Um so, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's a fairly straightforward one. Perhaps, will he win 5 or 6 nil? Probably not. Will it be 2 or 3 nil? Yeah, I think so. Gorsi, mm. are you expecting some new manager bounce tomorrow for the visitors or, or cruising for the Reds? It's, yeah, it's, it's difficult to, to look past the Liverpool win for this one, isn't it? Um, even with the, the new manager bounce, as you say, Liverpool have scored 16 goals in the last three home games against uh, Wofford, the bottom of the league. They've only scored nine goals. Can't really see anything other than a Liverpool win, if I'm being honest, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And Matt, what's your take? As Gorsi said, nine points for Watford, already lost nine, only scored nine, so doesn't feel like they'll carry much threat either. No, I mean, I think from their perspective, if, if you said to them it finishes two or three nil, they'd probably take that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, with that being the case, you'd think it'd be fairly straightforward. If Liverpool can get, say, two goals up by half time, then it might just be one of those games where, you know, the, the second half becomes a bit of a dead rubber. Mm-hmm. And, 
Mm. I think that would be absolutely ideal, to be honest, at, at this moment in the season. Mm. Absolutely, but busy December to come. Right then, uh, picking our team is uh, one of the final two tasks. Um, Ghostly, what is... <laughs> in your little task Yeah, I've got a little, got a little yeah, list, you know, let's like be prepared, yeah. Um, for the team, obviously, injury situation, that was discussed again in the press conference today. Yeah. Uh, is centre-back options pretty much is, is the only fit to, I presume? Yeah, Gomez and, and uh, Van Dijk. It's, it's a worry now, isn't it? Because... Joel Matip's going to be out till the new year. Dayan Lovren, Klopp was a little bit coy on, on that, as he usually is with injuries. He could be out for another couple of weeks. He, he walked past me and a couple of others in the mix zone on Tuesday night and didn't look happy. He was limping and kind of muttered that it might have been a hamstring. Mm. So that could be another few weeks. So, yeah, it's going to have to be Gomez and Van Dijk, isn't it? And maybe you're struggling to think of who a third centre-back might be. Just don't think Seth Vandenberg's ready. Keanu Hoover's had... What, two, three senior appearances? Um, so it might be a tough few weeks in that, that position. Mm. So it's got to be those two. Full-backs then, Joe, are you, are you going with the, the two main men for this one? I was thinking about this. I think it does... The problem with the centre-half problem is it, it has a knock-on effect, doesn't it? So you, you look at like yeah. Gomez, can't yeah. play, he can't play right back now. So... I, look, I wouldn't bet on it, but I suspect he might think about perhaps Milner on one of the, in one of those full-back positions mm. tomorrow just to give one of those two a rest because they're not going to get much of a rest now going forward and looking at the games ahead. Well, perhaps the Club World Cup semi-final, but I've got a feeling they're going to take that pretty seriously. Yeah. So so Watford might be the one where you, you rotate there. So um, saying all that, I still I'll go for Trent and Robertson. <laughs> 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 right, well, that's on back line then. Um, Matt, I guess... Well, question we'll start with in midfield then. Is it is it a hat-trick for Keita? Would you stick with him after two good showings? I think I would. Uh, I am a big fan of Naby Keita and I think the fact that he's come in and he's done so well to take him out, I think would just be a little bit too harsh. I think once you've put him into that rhythm, you've just got to keep him in there. So I think mm. I'd be finding a way of putting him in there. At the same time, you don't want to put him in too many times and then he picks up another injury, as we know he's, he's susceptible to doing. But... Yeah, I think I'd, I'd definitely play him in there. I think probably we'll see Wijnaldum. I think probably Henderson as well. Mm. We've all said Keita needs rhythm, so I'd, I'd, I'd concur with that. Do you reckon that is the three, gents? Henderson, Wijnaldum? I think Lallana might start, actually. I think he could play that number six role. I think that's this type of game is exactly why he was learning that role in pre-season, so I think he might start. And I think the other one, probably a toss-up between Henderson and Wijnaldum. Mm. See, so, yeah, I... I'm on board with, with Cater. I'd like to see him carry on starting. I think he's playing some really good stuff. Thought thought Wednesday night, sorry, Tuesday night, probably I think he could go as far as saying it was his best game for the club. Think think he was really, really mm. good. He's starting to really find his groove and it'd be a shame to see him drop out the team. But saying all that with the important games to come, that at a couple of games I don't not many players unless you're you're in that spine of playing game after game are they now he seems to be rotating yeah. so I, I personally think that he might bring him out and put Oxley chamberlain mm. in, in the midfield um, yeah well, I would see could see Lallana starting mm. so perhaps like a Lallana Henderson Oxley chamberlain or Lallana Henderson uh, Lallana sorry Wijnaldum Oxley chamberlain mm. midfield okay so decisions to make there uh, and the forward line Ghostly we'll start with you is it the usual suspect or another rest for one of them mm, I think I might rest for me you know actually I Mane Salah and and Origi, I think, I think Salah's goal would have done him a world of good. It was a great finish, wasn't it? A tight angle. He's now level with Mane in the, in the goal scoring chart, so let them play and fight it out and 
Get it out each. Mm, I'll take that. Yeah. Matt Firmino rested. Are you happy with that? Yeah, I think so. I think that's what I was going to say, to be honest. I just think Mo Salah obviously got his goal and has a, an excellent record against Watford as well. I think, did he score four against yeah, them yeah, as yeah. well? Yeah. Um, so I think I think you've got to play Salah. I think probably Origi will come in, play off the left and, and maybe one of Salah or Mane through the middle, potentially. Uh, I think Mane, Mane played there last year through the middle, didn't mm. he? Against Watford and, and did well. That was the, the back yeah. heel goal, I think. Riggi scored um, that one, didn't he? Yeah. Riggi scored yeah. the opener. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so possibly we'll we'll see that again. But you know, if the job is done by an hour or, or so in, then give them a rest, take yeah. them off. Do you have yeah. a shout for Shakiri or anyone? Or how would you play? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he does that. I think, I think there is a potential for a bit of a, a Everton-style mm. change-up tomorrow. Um, but... Yeah, if I was betting, Origi, Mane, Salah, I think Firmino might be the one as as a rest because he, yeah, he doesn't get too many, does he? Firmino, he mm. seems to be the the one that sticks around. So yeah, yeah, I, I think I'd go with that. Cool predictions. Then uh, we'll come back along the line. Matt, you first. Uh, I will say three nil. I think it'll be another clean sheet, fairly comfortable. Mm. Yeah, exactly what I was going to say. I can't really see Watford troubling the build too much. Um, Famous last words, maybe, but yeah, three mm. 0 Yeah, clean sweep. I think I think they could they could make Liverpool work in the first twenty. Couple of nervous stomachs, and then bang bang, Liverpool go two two up, and then when you think it's going to be six, they just get a third and, mm. and declare because they seem to be good at that now. <laughs> Liverpool don't they just winning a game and then yeah. just going right? We'll just pass it round now, and all right, they don't blow teams away, but they get the job done mm. and and have a nice rest, which is which is exactly what you want. Mm. Okay, well, I'll go 4 now, but I do agree. They'll, they'll conserve a bit of energy at the end and plenty of games left to come in December. So yeah, I'm sure that will be part of the plan. Next one, right? Well, that'll do us for today's Blood Red. We'll, we will be back on Monday, of course, when we've got, well, there's plenty, isn't there? There's Champions League draw. There's a press conference ahead of Villa. God knows what else will have happened. Mbappe. They're the flown cool. <laughs> out to Shantar as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course, the, of the, course. To become hopefully world champions. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. indeed. Another indeed. busy day. Yeah. Uh, excellent, yeah. So thank you for listening. Nice one. Listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.